Good afternoon or morning or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, welcome back to the Five Banner Banter podcast, the 2022-23 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast, episode five. I am your host, Evan Gerke. Today I'm joined alongside by only one of my co-beat reporters, Bradley O'Hulin is here. Emma Pollitz, unfortunately, could not join us as she is in, is in podcast jail. <laughs> Uh, as as loyal listeners to this podcast, so my parents would know, I, I spend most weeks talking about um, bowling to start and bowling class. I'm not going to do that this week. Uh, I did guest on the women's basketball podcast, the payoff podcast today, and talk about bowling. Uh, but I brought a special guest along, which is Matt Seabury himself, my bowling teammate slash Arch nemesis. Hello, Matt. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Evan. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. We, we've we replaced Emma for the week. She she unfortunately could not make it due to our schedule. And Bradley and I don't just want to stare at each other from across the table the whole time, I guess. Speak so. for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So we brought Matt. Yeah. This is, I feel like we've talked about how, you know, this is an auditory medium. And so it's really important to have people who sound pretty distinct from one another. This is Bradley. <laughs> I'm Matt. The one who sounds virtually indistinguishable from me is Matt. And uh, just going to have to roll with it. Yes. T- totally won't be confusing for the fans of the podcast, a.k.a. my parents, who have not met either of you. Real quick, though. Give it time. We're not going to gloss too much over the bowling. Um, you did do terrible today. Yeah. Again, you can listen to my, my detailed description on the Payoff Podcast. Yeah. I did bad today. I did well. Matt just did wanted well. to get that on the record yes. in here. Uh, on the one day I come on, um, just want to point that out. So Wednesday, I'm hoping for a, for a bounce back day. So, yeah, this is episode five. Uh, Indiana went one and one last week, largely going as Miller Cop did. We'll talk about both of those performances against Northwestern and Illinois and how those led to Indiana's two results. Plus, TJD is still really good. Uh, but we do need some guards to step up for Indiana to make a run. Uh, and then in the week ahead, Indiana has Michigan State and Purdue. We're going to start off with Michigan State here. Obviously, it's really not about basketball when Indiana goes to East Lansing tomorrow. So a bit of a somber tone for this, this podcast for a bit before we get back into the basketball. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, last Monday – had a shooting on campus that killed three and I believe injured five, um, one or two of which still remains in critical condition. At least one more is in critical but stable condition. Um, so basketball is going to kind of be in the background tomorrow during the game, or at least up until tip. Uh, this is the first time Michigan State has been back at home in East Lansing since that event. They they paused campus events for 48 hours, and then they returned in Michigan to play their their in-state rivals and Michigan gave them some nice little um, welcome back to basketball and and you know we're thinking of you from from your your neighbors basically yeah it's probably not too much to add I'm sure there are people listening to this who uh, would really love for us to talk about anything else but that's the great irony of unspeakable tragedies is you kind of have to speak about them uh, because they just can't be ignored and uh, you know, not that thoughts and prayers and well wishes amount to much, but I know that the hearts of everyone in this room, in this state, and really anyone our age who just has grown up living in this world where you kind of take your life into your own hands just by going to school uh, is pretty awful. So, you know, families of Arielle Anderson, Alexandria Verner, and Brian Fraser just really can't put into words the, in you know, incomprehensible amounts of pity and sympathy and um i think uh michigan 
head, uh, Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo essentially said something to the effect of, there's nothing that can be accomplished on a basketball court to alleviate anything, but hopefully it can be two hours or so of maybe a diversion. And I guess that's sort of what I'm hoping for in all of that. Yeah, um, nothing really to add to that. Uh, Michigan, Michigan University of uh, head coach, women's head coach, uh, Kim Barnes-Rico, um, they all wore uh, shirts supporting Michigan State before their game here in Bloomington against the Indiana women's basketball team. Afterwards, she was asked about it. Uh, you mentioned you used some of those uh, quotes in your preview, which talks about this and, uh, you know, kind of how it's all bigger than basketball. Um, yeah, she, she gave some good perspective on it, talking about, you know, uh, Michigan and Michigan State are, of course, rivals. They're in-state rivals. Uh, and she talked about, you know, you're always taught to hate that other team there. But this, you know, you hate them on the basketball court. This is not, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they gave their biggest sympathies uh, for Michigan State. Um, obviously, like you said, this is so much bigger than basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's tough anytime something like this happens, and you always kind of feel it. But being at a Big Ten school, and it's a different Big Ten school where this happens, it's a little harder. Um, Michigan State was my second-choice school. I know people who go there, and, and to, to watch this news unfold and see the tragedy that's happened, that was definitely tough. Yeah, I think the, the optimistic take is sports, for as much as they can divide, it does seem like this is an opportunity for them to unite, and there's really no better time for, for that to come. Yeah, so we will move back into basketball and back into having fun. Uh, so Michigan State on Tuesday, probably the day this podcast is going out. Uh, and then the rivalry resumes in West Lafayette on Saturday. So that'll be that'll definitely be a fun game, obviously. Um, we have not gotten our credentials approved yet. Hopefully by the time you're listening, we have. But hopefully we'll be in West Lafayette for that game and, and, and checking out Mackey. That'd be great, considering it's like two hours down the road and we've gone on like multiple uh planes trying to get to games seems like this one would be a bit of a layup but uh yeah because they've proved our credentials especially i mean being from indiana of course i have friends at purdue gonna gonna go hang out and hit up harry's chocolate shop i believe gonna get a little farmer's breakfast at triple x that would be just like i did with my dad when i was five love you dad (laughs) (laughs) uh the the we're talking triple x the women's beat when we did go up to uh west lafayette we did all stop at triple x on after the game, um, you know, winning winning West Lafayette. Yeah, IU say. fans do love to uh, talk trash to West Lafayette as a whole. Quite frankly, uh, not just Purdue. Um, but, but Triple X root beer is fantastic. Um, if we're being honest. <laughs> so, oh, did you have something you want to add? Not really. Just more root beer commentary. We can really move on. We're already <laughs> Culver's root beer. Any root beer. Matt and I went on a lovely little little day out to Culver's. I don't think either oh. of us got root beer, but it was it was. An I don't think time. I told you the drink I did get was uh, Dr Pepper, half Dr Pepper, half sweet tea. Fantastic combination, by mm-hmm. the way. I did spill the entirety of that drink as I was walking up to my house afterwards. No, so not buddy. in your car. It no, did not, not mix with the coffee it that was spilled in your car. The coffee with. I forgot that was the same day. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, my car still smells like coffee. Yeah, I I, I noticed. There are worse things. So last week, Indiana traveled to Evanston, Illinois, to play the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, battle for second place in the Big Ten. Northwestern came out on top. It did come down to the wire. Jalen Huchifino had that buzzer-beating three-point attempt that hit the the iron and bounced away after Boo Booey definitely very cleanly scored his basket. 
to give Northwestern the lead, whatever your opinion of that is. As someone who is biased and is not a, a, a journalistic observer, he pushed off. He pushed him off. I mean, I he mean, pushed him five feet. You like, can, it was you can a push say off. With, like, with subjectivity, objectivity, with objectivity that he pushed off, yeah. whether or not it should have been called is a different thing, it I guess. It should have been called. <laughs> Thank that's, you. I, that's my take. The good perspective. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. And, like, you look at that game, and it's just so frustrating for IU to, like, you know, lose because of that. And it's like, you just think about it. You hate leaving games up to what ifs like that. Like, you know, what if he hadn't pushed off? Or what if it had gotten called? Or what if IU had fallen down by fewer than 21 points? Just saying, f- calls like that are frustrating. IU put themselves in a position to lose over and over, and it's a miracle they were even that close. Mm-hmm. As as the person who did say it was definitively a push-off and should have been called, that being said, <laughs> uh, a game never comes down to one call, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you If you put yourself in a position to lose a game on a call— you shouldn't have been in that position. It does not come down to one call. It may have been different if not for one chant. That is my segue. Oh, mm. wow. Thank okay. you. Thank I you. I mean, it was a stretch, but you uh, got there. Miller Cop, former Northwestern Wildcat himself, returned home for the second time. Uh, it did not go any better than his first time, perhaps <laughs> even worse. Uh, the fans yelled some expletives towards him, some chants I will not repeat that ended with you, cop. Yeah, um, love you, cop. Sure. Love in the carnal sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt really liked that one. He did. Miller Cobb did not play well. One for six. Uh, had that one three that really got the Indiana fans that were there, and there were a lot of them, into the game. He had a chance to kind of bring down the house on that next possession. He had another shot that he hit off the back of the backboard. Tough. It was a really tough game for him. Uh, I feel like right now we should just talk about Miller Cobb's performance against both Northwestern and Illinois were at, at home against Illinois. He had a much better bounce back performance. Four threes, 12 points, really helped Indiana kind of get over the hump and, and beat Illinois in that game, in a game that was so reliant on three-pointers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And folks, just when you thought that we were going to take a break from being the official Miller Cop podcast of uh, the greater Bloomington area. Even with Emma not here, we are with, on it. Even with Miller Cop's number one fan not here. <laughs> Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, if if he had been just a little bit better against Northwestern, if he had been able to step up in that wing position, IU probably wins. Conversely, if he's not shooting virtually lights out against Illinois, they probably drop that game. And I think the thing we come back to with Miller, with a lot of these more experienced players, but especially Miller, is the dude does not get phased. He will build a brick house and then act like he's been making them the whole time. He's just he doesn't really get phased. And I think that's something that goes a long way when you have some younger, less experienced players on the team who maybe show that uh, they show their age, that lack of confidence. um, And they're more quick to kind of get in their own head. Miller cop doesn't really do that. And he really showed out against Illinois. I will say, and we'll talk about this in a bit. Neither is Jalen Huchifino. That man will shoot every time and and feel just as confident in every shot, even if he has one for 12. Uh, But yeah, Miller cop, his confidence is is huge this year. It really wasn't there as much last year, but he he knows he will make his shots, so he will take them. I mean, that first three pointer he took from way downtown, Dude, like twenty eight feet. It was it was crazy distance, and there there was no hesitation. It wasn't it wasn't at the end of the shot clock. It wasn't really a shot anyone expected him to take, and he went okay, I got it, and knocked it down. No, it was absolutely remarkable. It was one of the things where he pulls up the shot, and you just hear him go, "Oh no," <laughs> and then it just. Swished and like if he misses that, he maybe doesn't get pulled, but he's getting to talking to Ooh, on the yeah. sidelines. 
So this is the first one from Thursdays. Or yeah, yes, sa- Saturday. My bad. Yes, Saturday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As someone who is in the the crowd mm-hmm. uh, for that game, where uh, were you sitting? Can I, I was up in the balcony. Nice. It was a nooner. Are you kidding me? No shot. I was getting there before. <laughs> I actually got a ride to the game, thankfully, and still showed up two minutes before uh, the game started. Valid. Um. Saturday at noon is a terrible time to schedule a basketball game in college. Um. For me. Um, but yeah, no, it was, there were, uh, some expletives as he released that shot, uh, set around me that were not, um, they didn't want him shooting it. Uh, right. but it also yeah. have to do with loving. Yes. Miller it also Cop. had to do with loving Miller cop, but then he hit it and everyone was like, all right, I guess it's that kind of day. Um, yeah. and it was all day. It was just, as, yeah, I think he was four for five from deep. Just mm-hmm. comfortable pulling the trigger, and that was huge for Indiana. Uh, yeah, as you said, he is uh, one of the most no, 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 yes players uh, on this team. Without and and he he talked about how much he was phased at Northwestern. You could tell that it was getting to him. He talked after the the Illinois game that you know it was really tough for him that he lost respect for the university. That he is glad that he has the support system that he does at Indiana because that helped him bounce back. And. As he said, he needs Indiana, and Indiana needed him. Yeah, which is kind of a beautiful quote. Um, like, not to lend too much credence to the meathead draining threes um, and sticking his tongue out, but it is just, it's kind of nice because, yeah, it cannot be easy going back to a school where you were a statistical leader in so many categories and then just getting so much vitriol to then be able to turn around and be reaffirmed. Yeah, I imagine that feels pretty nice. I, I've never had thousands of people chant, uh, F you, Matt. Only hundreds. <laughs> yes, only dozens. Um, but I've uh, been booed at quite a few games this year. Bradley can attest. Yeah, but, well, you do a lot of inflammatory stuff. We don't need to get into that. I can imagine that would be a, wave my pen very <laughs> angrily. Yeah, that would rattle me personally. I know. Uh, I would not recover occasionally as when, as when I am covering the women's games. I will like sneak down the stairs in the media center, walk back up, and close Matt's laptop. Mm. That's <laughs> not joke though. You've done that at least once. Yes, it's also been after the game. To be fair, it's not. It's usually not during. When the I'm game. trying to write a yeah. story. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. When he's trying to meet a deadline. Great. <laughs> yes. No, really cool. Uh, the other part of the Northwestern game, uh, and really, again, this is a thing we can talk about in sets of both games. Trace Jackson Davis is just doing everything for Indiana at this point. He's he's playing 40, 39 minutes a game. He is scoring butt loads he's rebounding that's a that's a journalistic term <laughs> it is he's rebounding sometimes it feels like he's not having he had three rebounds in the first half against northwestern i think finished with 11 like it, it just feels like he this team wouldn't even be competing for the big 10 without him which like okay yeah you take away the team's best player and one of the best players in the country they're probably not the same but is he going to be able to keep up what he's doing through the end of the season and through the tournaments well, we did. I think we literally asked this question uh, last week. It's very possible. He, he He's checked off two more games, but I do feel like the exhaustion is just becoming a little bit more palpable, you know, walking a little bit slower in the timeouts. Um, I think Mike Woodson said that, oh, yeah, we're going to try and, like, give Trace some breaks here. But, like, who, if who's that coming against? If you just sacrifice the game, be like, okay, this game, Trace Jackson's going to play 20 minutes, we're going to lose, and it's all good. Like, yeah. There's no load management in Big Ten basketball. No, like, not, this is not, not for your game star marathon. player. No. And, yeah, and it's not just that, like, I do genuinely believe that, like, a lot of IU's players outside of Trace could go to another school and B 
be like the number one or the number two guy. But the thing is, when your offense has been so entirely predicated around one player, you can't just take him out and have the talent fill the gaps. Like, you know, people talk a lot about, um, like, why is there not more shooting? Well, when you've got Trace down there, you don't need to shoot as much. Like, you can make the ones you shoot, but, like, if you've got an easy bucket down low, you're just going to keep going back to that over and over and over again, and that's what IU's been doing. But it just, it really feels like it's got to hit a wall at some point, right? I mean, put up 26 and 12 in the last game. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Uh, I haven't been in the press conference rooms. I don't know what, what all the questions are. I don't know what all uh, Mike Woodson's been saying in response. But, I mean, 26 points on 12 of 19 shooting. He hasn't yeah. slowed down yet. No. And, I mean, look, it might happen. But there's no real indication that it will. Like, there's no proof that it's going to slow – that he's going to slow down, that he's going to be any less productive. Yeah, and you're echoing something that we've – when we touch on this, we tend to circle back to, which is like, we have no precedent for it, for him continuing to establish this level of success. But if anyone's going to do it, maybe it's the six foot nine, all everything power forward who just kind of does whatever he wants against whomever he wants. Mm -hmm. And so why not him? And and a big thing about whether or not he keeps it up is that he also still has to have someone to kind of like, he keeps the game close. He has to have someone to, Make, like be the difference maker and that's kind of a rotation of guys almost every night um Jalen Huchifino has been hot and cold in the Illinois game alone he was hot and cold started 2 of 12 finished three of his last five and really ended up kind of bringing that one back for Indiana uh, his his confidence is, is is there his ability is not maybe not quite matching it yet but you can see the shades of it but Indiana has to have better play from his guards yeah. Um, his guards, Trace Jackson Davis's guards, the the Indiana Trace Jackson Davises. Right. Yeah. Galloway and Bates have combined for one game of double digit scoring over the last eight since the last time they played MSU. Uh, Galloway had eleven in a game. Bates has had at least two scoreless games in that time. So they have had more scoreless games than games with ten plus points, which is just so not sustainable. No. Especially when you are starting Galloway regularly right now, and Bates has been. For a small stretch of games, unplayable. Yeah, virtually. In <laughs> yeah, you could argue that. Yeah, one of six in last uh, or last Saturday's game, uh, mm. and a turnover despite only not you know doing a ton. Yeah. So, so my question: When will another guard for Indiana step up? And is it Xavier Johnson? I was about to say it's oh, whenever X returns. That's all. That's the answer to your question. I feel like is is. Zach's returning. That's because that's the date that uh, we're getting close. Are, are I like again? It, I I haven't been seeing all the uh, quotes and whatnot. Like it's got to be close. Woodson right? hasn't really said anything in a, okay. on it in a couple of weeks, but um, various Twitter not insiders, but just like dudes who mm-hmm. have like IUBB in their profile. Um, which again, I'm not going to give too much credence to them, but at least like people are saying stuff, and that's just kind of what I see. It was I think I think Don Fisher actually may have said it was one to two weeks before he's he's I don't know if it was back or cleared to play again. Feels like he had he has had to have been cleared to practice a while back if he's gonna be coming back soon. But I mean, realistically, maybe probably not tomorrow night, but maybe in the next two games after that, I think it's a possibility that we see him start to suit up again. Yeah, it feels like Purdue might be the time to to get him in. Um 
I'm pulling out my phone and I'm going to the Instagram page of one Trace Jackson Davis because under his most recent post two days ago, top comment is from the Xavier J zero says, <laughs> see you soon, 23. <laughs> and then a, a, an M in a blue circle emoji, which I looked it up uh, and it's mostly used to represent the Metro subway station. <laughs> now this might be shocking to, to the few, to the listeners at home. I'm not super into like uh to like what the kids slang these days. So I don't know if the the Metro M means something, but Metro booing? Maybe. That would make An sense. An M in a blue circle. My first thought was Michigan, but that's the last game of the Oh, that. Um Yeah, I'm showing Evan a picture on my laptop. It is It is not an M it is a it's M a, in a blue circle emoji. Yeah. Imagine like the NCAA logo except it's just an M. Or like Mmm. Or like what? <laughs> or like an M&M. Like a single oh, M&M. Oh, yes, like a single M&M. That is a much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if only there was some way I could articulate like an M logo on a circular thing. Um, is it there looks like, like a single blue M&M. Is there like Urban Dictionary for emojis? Uh, Emojipedia. Right. I don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't think, think that's, that's Urban that, Dictionary. I think that's like. Do, so you want the Urban Dictionary that's. I, I literally well, so, cannot describe Urban Dictionary in, a, in an appropriate way. I, I looked up blue M emoji meaning, and the first one said you can use it to represent anything that relates to the metro station. Right. Um, there's Xavier certain, Johnson, big on public transport. If you were, if you were actually, coming to this he probably pod, is at this point. <laughs> there's the, the third link is <laughs> – I just got that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's the third link? Uh, DEA.gov emoji drug code. Okay. Which I, we might be getting into murky territory here. I guys. don't think I don't think that's it either. So no, I don't. My first thought was Michigan, but Michigan State. No, green is close to blue. Right, but They're you know how the cool other Michigan colors. is blue. <laughs> um, but that's that's not close. That's March fifth. That's no two, two and a half weeks away. I mean, still pretty close considering his foot exploded. I know I keep using that phrase. I hope but you weren't coming like to this podcast so to like figure out stuff like, oh, these college students tweeted something. I'll go listen to some po- college students because well, they have, surely know what's going on. I do have this corkboard with a lot of yarn. Yeah, we are not the uh, people. We're surrounded by corkboard. Yeah, we are. Um, we, yeah, we are not the people to uh, come to for uh, emoji use. Hipness. No. Um, if, you, right. if you want thoughts on. We work for the student newspaper. Right. I don't think we're very <laughs> hip at all. But we're all bone sartorialists. So like we can we can look back at that injury and figure out the timeline. Um, yeah, no. But I guess to circle back to where this all came from, IU has missed Xavier Johnson from the moment he got helped off the court. Early on, I think it showed up more defensively, like guarding guys on the perimeter. But... I mean, look, Trey Galloway, he's a junior. He contributes a lot of good minutes. But I don't, like, I'm not sure if he's just going to, like, take a step and be like, oh, I'm a consistent double-digit guy. just doesn't seem like we're getting that from him. And IU needs it. Yeah, and earlier in the season at times he has been, but there just has has been kind of a disconnect of late where, where the minutes haven't been where they need to be. Yeah. Had some good, I think it was against Purdue. He had some, or maybe it was Rutgers, some nice floaters. I know he had some good shots against Purdue, just like finding ways to penetrate, you know, from mid-range. But yeah, I think the defense is good. You know, he clearly, like there's a clear reason he's on the court. But when Trace Jackson Davis is accounting for a third of your points, uh, three-eighths of your points, like that's not sustainable. I don't think. As Matt pointed out, it might be. 
but probably not. I mean, it is for him. It's right. Like, it's, yeah. For a it's winning basketball for team. Indiana. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, I don't I, – you guys are right. What uh, else to add? Yeah. X being back is really, I, I think, the catalyst for this team doing anything meaningful in March. Yeah. This, is, this is my take. I, I know I that's mean, I know that's a bit bigger picture than you guys were talking about, but just in having having X and Jalen on the floor will open up their shooting with Miller Cop and makes Galloway come off the bench, which is a huge added boost for those times where you mm-hmm. need to give your starters a rest, uh, because the bench at times of late has been poor <laughs> has been has been a liability <laughs> has been a net negative. Has the uh, men's team considered doing what the women's team does and just ignore the fact that you have a bench? Yeah, it really seems I, to work well for the women's I, team. I think they have, and it has not worked well. Mm. They played seven guys against Michigan, yeah. and they won by one point. Yeah, But, yeah, the thing about X is it's easy to forget because Jalen Huchifino has taken such strides and become a clear number two on the team. But Xavier Johnson was that guy earlier, and he was that guy consistently. You're not that guy, pal. You are that guy, pal. He is that guy. He I think Xavier guy. Johnson is that guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just – you hope he comes back soon and you hope he looks at least like 70 80% of what he was. I'm not sure if that is a uh, a realistic possibility. I th- but I think if he's 70% of what he was – let's put him at 75. He's got three quarters of the way back. Alongside Jalen, yeah. that still makes him dangerous. Yeah. Because now you have you have to – you know, guard two good decision makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen, one and a half good decision <laughs> that's, makers. That's the thing, though. Like you talking about the decision making, even if he's not a hundred percent physically, which he won't be uh, the rest of the season. I mean, he's Race not. Thompson is just now getting back to a hundred percent. He would miss yeah. what three games? Yeah, and trade or in pardon me, uh, Xavier is Xavier Johnson's not going to be a hundred percent the rest of the season, but he's still. He's a good decision maker. He yeah. knows how to run this offense. He's... If you let him just be a ball handler and take the ball up, he can run the offense, and that that ability of his is not hindered in the slightest. Um, yeah. So I, I think that I mean, as you mentioned with Jalen Hutchinson, giving you the option for both of those. That's true. No matter Unless... how banged up he is back from injury, the injury didn't take away an extra four and a half years. You know? Unless the decision making bone in his body is in his foot. Oh God. <laughs> We hadn't thought about that. You ever um, notice he's really good on his right foot, but never on his left? <laughs> a literal Achilles heel. Um, oh, that was clever. It was. You know, I in in my myth and film class, we talked about the Iliad today. I I like how if you listen to these podcasts, it does not sound like you do anything academic in the slightest. Myth and film is we we read the Iliad. How is that not academic? You also watch Disney's Hercules. We're watching the movie Troy with Brad Pitt tomorrow. <laughs> so nice. Sounds like a great class, pal. So, yes, I have bowling and myth and film on Mondays and Wednesdays. I mean, I say that. My Monday and Wednesday is bowling and water in the Midwest uh, where we get activity books that have crosswords in them. Um, no one's allowed to have any more information on that. You'll have to text Matt, DM him on Twitter if you want to know more about water in the Midwest. Or you can text him, 317 <laughs> No, go ahead. See if you can pull my phone number. No, I, I already you know. Got okay. Because if he, if he puts in a phone actually. number, it might be someone else's, and that poor person is going to get two texts from the, <laughs> the listeners of this from podcast. From your parents? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they want to know what Matt's up to or want to know about Water in the Midwest. So moving ahead, we've been talking about whatever for long enough. Um, Michigan State, obviously, is going to be an emotional game at home for, for the Spartans. 
Then Indiana has Purdue. Uh, it could have been a battle for first place in the Big Ten if not for the Wildcats, who have gotten the way of that and have a. I think they're going to set a record for most Big Ten wins in a season pretty easily this year. Have they not already? They're tied. Okay. They they tied nineteen thirty one with eleven wins. I was unaware the Big Ten season was that long in nineteen thirty one. It may have been only eleven games. <laughs> Playing on peach baskets and before the coaches could coach. Yep. <laughs> but whistle uh, halfway through the second half, like mm, Dale Dale Wesley's got to go to war. <laughs> The Wildcats are good this year. Uh, we'll say it. They, it looked worse of a loss the first time than the second time, but um, still really tough to lose those two games because you could be right at, at Purdue's heels going into that game less off yet. Uh, but to look ahead, to start at Michigan State, this is round two. Uh, round one went to IU 82-69. to The Hoosiers won pretty handedly. Uh, just looked like the better team that game. TJD was very good which is, I'm sure is the first time we said that about a game this season. Uh, and Galloway and Bates each added, I have 18 on my notes. I'm pretty sure it was 17. I'm going to fact check Gasp, you real it quick. It was 17. They had 17 yes. points each. Don't worry, you got it right in your preview. I did. Uh, along with five from Jordan Geronimo, two from CJ Gunn, six from Malik Renew, and two from Miller Cup and Jalen Hojafino. So what do you guys think of that one? I got no, like guided questions for that game um i think based on what we just talked about you're probably not getting all 34 of those points from trey galloway and tamar bates but surely you get at least a few more from jalen hutsafino and miller cop that's that's where the gap's got to close and race thompson and of back. course race thompson being back he had four minutes that was one of his earliest games back where it was clear that he mm-hmm. was not anywhere close to 100 percent. but trace maybe doesn't put up 31 or maybe he does he's probably going to score quite a lot um but yeah it's it's got to be miller Jalen and race. And if you can get good minutes from Malik Renew and some combination of Trey and Tamar, that's great. But it's got to be those three veterans that are setting the pace. And then the younger guys fill in the holes because if that doesn't happen, I mean, Michigan State's a good team. They're going to be at home. You know, even aside from the obvious emotional element of it, that's a hard game any year. Uh, so you just you just need people to step up. Yeah. And you you also failed to mention another guy who was who was key for Indiana's victory. Um Nathan Childress had one rebound. Oh, my gosh. You're right. <laughs> in, Hogan Horvath got minutes. In zero minutes. This was the game. They they brought in um, the four walk-ons plus Anthony Leal. The last... Read a feature about them at Indiana Daily Studio, or IDS.com. IDS you News. are absolutely com. right. The, the life of a walk-on out of blue blood. Uh, walk-ons play vital role for Indiana men's basketball success. The four horsemen of the Awakalypse. Nope. Because they walk on. I will mute your And mic. there are four of them. Do it, coward. No. Okay, so Bradley's, Bradley's <laughs> been silenced for the next 30 seconds. Um, while we have some peace, Matt, is there anything you would like to, to add about this game? I was trying to think about it. I don't... I don't have any, like... I, obviously, I don't write about uh, these games. So if I don't, like, if something doesn't stick out, I just, like, I couldn't tell you anything that happened in the, this first Michigan State IU game. Um, I think uh, it's great analysis from our podcast guest. <laughs> well, I, I was kind of. Tra- <laughs> this was, to be fair to Matt, this was a little bit last yeah, second. I want to. I, I want to. All right, Bradley, I'm letting you back on. I want to point out, I, I was, so. I was uh, asked to be a guest on this podcast uh, with about 30 seconds of preparation. Uh, so I didn't exactly have time to prepare notes and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the 
the game plan's the same every game, right? Mm-hmm. Get feed TJD. And I, this is this is a, an opponent that I think he matches up well against. Mm-hmm. Um, Matty Sissoko, he played 22 minutes, four rebounds, four points last time. Didn't really do a whole lot to stop Trace. Um, he was better against Zach Eady at Michigan State as well. So maybe maybe it's just being at home, or maybe it's something about that matchup with Eady. But um, Joey Hauser obviously is is I believe a wooden watch list player. Um, 22 points last time out, so he was kind of their big their big scorer. Um, also 15 from Jade Nakins, but really it's just it is how how much can Trace's engine carry this team. Yeah, and it'll be a good test because this is a team they've proven they can beat handily at home. They can do that to a lot of teams. So is this where we see the flip side of that, or has Indiana matured to the point where they can take care of a tough team on the road? I could personally see it going either way. I really don't have a lean in this game one way or the other. Logic tells me I use the more talented team, but we've also seen what they can do on the road, and Michigan State's still got a lot of fight. So uh, to me, it's a toss-up. I think... If I look up the uh, betting line real quick. Our expert resident better, Bradley O'Hulan. If I see the betting line from like two years ago. Who, uh, while you're looking that yeah, up. Yeah, go for who it. Who marked up against Joey Hauser most of the game? Or did they do it by committee last game? Do you remember? I do not. Fair enough. I, I don't um, know. I feel like Hauser's a little bit of, you know, he's he's basically their four, but I feel like he's a little bit of a... He's a, he's their four, but he's the same size as TJD. So it's really kind of a weird uh, yeah. weird combination. It, it could have been TJD. I'm trying to think of, because oh, this is the wrong game I've got pulled up. Um, with, with Ray's not really playing, I believe Geronimo got the start that game, but only played 13 minutes. So... Yeah, like I don't really, I don't remember who, who matched up. But. Who matches up against him this week? Then do you or what? I guess because I mean he's that's I guess for Indiana defensively that's the key, right? Slow down Joey Hauser. So uh, <clears throat> I guess like, do you put TJD on him or is that just risking too much uh, of his energy? As we've talked about, just the ability for him to sustain all that throughout a game. I mean, 40 minutes having to go down and be the workhorse on both the offensive and the defensive end, I can't imagine. That's you the strategy they go with. Probably put Race on him. Yeah. yeah Race is, so. I think, a better defender. Histori- and- yeah. Historically, the strategy tends to be put Race Thompson or a Jordan Geronimo, Malik Renew, young, large man type to just kind of get... Young, large man, Race Thompson? Well, no, no, no. I said Race Thompson or... Okay. Like, I just remember, you know, when, in the Luca Garza days, it was race. And then when race came off, it was Jordan Geronimo as a freshman, who actually did pretty well. Um, but, yeah, you, you love having Trace as a help defender uh, and not having to. Now, granted, that's what it has to be. You'll put him on him if he's just tearing up the other guys. But, yeah, I imagine it'll be race, renew, maybe Geronimo. Um, to circle back to that betting line, Michigan State is favored by, by most books two or two and a half. So it's basically a toss-up yeah. with home court advantage. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's going to be a tough road road game. Home court advantage will be big for Michigan State. It'll also be big for Purdue. Uh, the Boilermakers are down to number five in the latest AP poll, but we're going to get Battle of the Bigs round two. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis versus Zach Eady. Eady, of course, is still the front runner for National Player of the Year, but Trace Jackson Davis is really catching up. Obviously, we know we saw what happened between the two last time. Um, Trace's team got the better. Trace had a really good performance. Edie probably slightly outplayed him. If TJD outplays Edie on Saturday, is he now the front runner for National Player of the Year? 
I think it would require him to absolutely dominate Zach Eady. Like, hold Zach Eady to, like, less than eight points and to go off for 30 himself kind of situation, which... The hard part about that is that Trace and Edie don't really guard each other. So it's it's really like... That's true. They're just going to be putting up their offensive numbers and which, which one's team is winning. And, yeah, I don't... I'm not sure there's anything Trace can do at this point. Yeah. It, it would it would it would require a monumental collapse by Edie, in my opinion, at this point. And I mean Trace, is Trace might put up 30. Uh, that's reasonable. Yeah. But uh, Edie being held to uh, Edie being ineffective in that game, it, I don't see that happening. I I've said this for a few weeks now. I believe I've even said it on the podcast once or twice. I really think that. Edie is the National Player of the Year frontrunner, and Trace Jackson Davis can very well win Big Time Player of the Year. I think both can happen. I would be surprised if it did. I feel like voters' minds aren't going to work that way. But since Big Ten play started, Trace has probably been the better player and has has done more impressive things than Zach Edie. Whether or not people will will think that way as well, because one, Purdue's probably going to win the Big Ten, and that'll give Edie some bonus points. Two, how can you have the, be the national player of the year and not the best player in your own conference? But I think it's a, a genuine possibility. Yeah, IU has the second best player in the conference for both men and women. Neither is going to win uh, Big Ten. Well, pardon me. <clears throat> uh, IU and Purdue are po- woo, struggling right Talking now. Talking men's and women's teams? Yes. Yeah. IU, men's and women's teams, arguably, each have a number two player in the country. It's an argument, but you could reasonably argue that in yeah. Mackenzie Holmes and Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, neither is going to win Big Ten Player of the Year, um, which is kind of wild just because of the brilliance of Zach Eady and Caitlin Clark. Which um, Y'all have yeah. no idea how much most pain Matt Seabrew to admit Caitlin Clark is good to at basketball. To admit the brilliance of both Zach Eady and Caitlin Clark. That's so true. In in some, some of Matt's defense, um, you are allowed to say – uh, biased things about the men's basketball team because Zach you don't cover that. Uh, since Bradley and I don't cover the women's team, um, Mackenzie Holmes is better than Caitlin Clark, and she has had a better year for the second best team in the country, who is already close to share of the Big Ten and has really been so good all season at what she does. I think Caitlin Clark is amazing, probably one of the best scores in the nation, if not the best pure score in the nation. Um, having said, like. Let's uh, let's see your overhead press one thirty five, right? I'll, I'll, as I have to say, pretty much every uh, payoff podcast. I am not a hater. I want it on the record. I'm not a hater. Uh, uh, sure. I'm just a strongly opinionated person about basketball. I think I'd be more into Caitlin Clark. So more efficient. Jacked. That's the thing. She doesn't have to take forty shots a game to get her points. Oh, we talked about that. Uh, do we, we were talking she about? Was, she went ten for eleven against Purdue to clinch a Big Ten title for the first time in forty years. One of our predictions was. Uh, Caitlin Clark might take 30 shots against IU. Yeah. She took 28 against in their last matchup. Sorry, hard. this is not you can read you can hear more about uh the women's basketball team at the Payoff podcast uh on this very podcast service that you're listening to it. Depending to on when. On. Again, I, I don't know if you guys are uploading on Tuesday or Wednesday this I'm week. I'm not in charge of uploading, man. Okay. Well, well th- this podcast will be out on Tuesday morning <laughs> as you most assuredly know because you're listening. The payoff podcast will be out within the next 24 to 40 hours. I don't know. Check your phone. You're on your phone. See if it's up there. <laughs> you do the work. Yeah, man. I don't know. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Should we go straight to previous? I, I have a little um previews or predictions. Predictions. I was gonna say I feel like we just did some previews. Oh god. We've been here for nine days. Matt, you know as a listener that we love to have fun at the end of the uh men's basketball five banner banter podcast and make predictions about the upcoming week that really don't have a whole lot to do with like score lines or like anything about basketball. Um so we're gonna welcome you into prediction making. Um, does anyone have a prediction they would like to make first about either the Michigan State or the Purdue game? I guess I'll get the ball rolling because I'm sensing some. It's feeling a little lukewarm in the room at the moment, and I just had a stupid thought. They come pretty easily to me. Uh, I'm lucky like that. But uh, people note that one of Jalen Hutchifino's best games of the year was against Ohio State. It wasn't his overall best stat line, but it was certainly his best half. He put up nearly 20 points in that first half. And as Emma Pollitz, who's not here but would be quick to confirm, the rumors were circulating that prior to that game, Jalen Hutchifino got food poisoning from Da Vinci, uh, a beloved Italian eatery here in Bloomington. Truly, uh, possibly Evan's favorite restaurant in Bloomington. It is not. You Okay, the is restaurant Evan Upland? talks about the most. It is, it, Upland is still my favorite. Da Vinci is becoming a close second. If Da Vinci there. had a line of craft beers, do you think that oh would change things? Ooh. That would, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it would. Just housing a porter with some penne alla vodka. Can we start? Uh, that is exactly what I get when I go, by the way. Really? Penne alla Not vodka? Not the porter, but the penne alla vodka with sure. chicken. However, normally I um, I do get the, the grilled chicken. Um, on Valentine's Day, I went there with my lovely date. Um, our boss, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she got the um, like crispy chicken. Yes, we I ended up s- switching plates about halfway through because I was really enjoying the the crispy chicken and she was not. So, or she was, she, or she was really enjoying. it. She's like, yeah, Evan, you can have a you can have a crispy chicken. That's fine. Yeah, just to go back, uh, like thirty seconds. Can we start a uh, craft beer podcast for the IDS? Oh, like just the three of us. Probably should be for the IDS, but just like on our own, we could do a craft beer podcast. I think that, that's just the conversations we have most that days. Is, yeah, that who could win in a fight. Guys, let's do a, let's do a podcast. It can be about craft beer and then naming old athletes we like. And then like sandwiches. And, and that's who could win in a fight idea. between us. Oh, this I is, love who could win. This is something very different from what every, what every other group of guys talks about. Also, what we talk about just every single day. Um, um, we're going to film it at a local bar. Oh, yeah, wait. To be determined based on who sponsors us. Pulling for Upland, but speaking of speaking of or restaurants, upstairs. speaking of no, no, oh, upstairs, is sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, upstairs maybe like on the weekends be a little more bougie, but we could do anyway. We do <laughs> two dollar talk. Time anyone's ever referred to upstairs as bougie? No, Upland would be the weekends. For oh, bougie. okay. My Other up bar. I might have said it wrong, but anyway, Jalen Jafino. He was seen with Da Vinci that night, and then he didn't play much in the second half, and was reported to be having like stomach problems. Um. I don't think the SID ever confirmed whether or not he yarfed, but the popular consensus is that he did indeed yarf. So I think what's going to happen is Jalen Huchifino is going to have a great game in the first half and maybe even like the first three quarters worth of time. We'd be like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? But then he's just not going to be there in the last 10. And then the SID comes and was like, hey, uh, homeboy, homeboy couldn't make it. He's got he's got some tummy troubles. And then later we check his Instagram story. Little farmer's breakfast at Triple X with a big root beer. Ruby with breakfast. This well, is a. This no, you can get the little farmer's breakfast. Yeah, anytime it's of a, day. you can order. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to get. Well, it's it's a. It's a seven o'clock game, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I also. I, I was. I asked if I could uh, replace my side fries with uh, corned beef hash. You can't have like a a breakfast side with your lunch. Mm. 
but you can get them separately, which I thought was like unreasonable, right? Who's running the show there in West Lafayette? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, Little Farmer's Breakfast, uh, big game for Jalen. I also don't know if they still serve the Little Farmer's Breakfast. It's just what I had when I was five and I lived in Lafayette. Matt, would you like me to go next so you can close this out? Um, no, because you're you'll you'll probably have a more fun prediction. Uh, Okay, go ahead. Um, my prediction. Uh, I you guys have really fun predictions. See, ours are ours are like somewhat related to the game. Mm. Um, I was weird. Yeah, I was. Why do you do that? (laughs) It's way more fun to be wrong when your prediction is that like Purdue's bus will get a flat tire on the way to Bloomington. I have I have two predictions then, both about the Purdue game. Okay, one. X returns. Oh, that'd be sick. That's my that's my hot take. Uh, two. Uh, you guys don't get credentialed for it. As oh, right. Payback for right. uh, a uh, unnamed publication not getting uh, credentialed for uh, a certain game here, which would be wild to not credential us for that reason. But you know, the the longer time goes on, the more I feel like you may be correct. This is this is my hot take. Uh, for what it's worth, we did get credentialed at Mackey, um, and that's, the SID was very nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Those are my those are my predictions for this week. Okay. I hope one of those comes true. Is it the one where you don't get credentialed but X does not return? No, <laughs> um, I would I would really like to experience Mackey Arena. Um, I also again have plans to go to West Lafayette and go to Harry's the night before. So the night before, not the night after. It's a seven o'clock. Maybe tip. Bold, It's a seven o'clock tip. Yeah, I want to. I want to enjoy. I've never really done West Lafayette. I've been to the Canes in West Lafayette once. I've never really done like a night out there. So I'm hoping to. Um, yeah, you sort to, of been to the Arc de Triomphe, but not the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you want to experience uh, the bar scene in West Lafayette or what isn't. I guess you can. Maybe call a bar scene. Have you ever been to like out in West Lafayette? Uh, so Matt, last time I was there, I was five. So okay, no. so no. So and you haven't either. So I have not. I am, been, no. I'm the one person here who's like mm-hmm. gone out in uh, yes. West Lafayette. Unless again, you count Kane. We should say Evan and I are 22. Matt is 37. We're all <laughs> we're old enough. This is all above board. Um, I am old enough. I'm not 37. Um, 40. <laughs> Dude, we missed his birthday. That's embarrassing. Um, it's it's terrible. I hate going out. I, uh, <laughs> once in West Lafayette, terrible. It's terrible. Uh, Harry's is all right, but they served me uh, grasshoppers, which involved like half of the drink was half and half, and the the rest of it was like mint green, creamy, um, minty. Yeah, which is hey, when you're housing a bunch of uh, salty popcorn and walking all around, that's not great. Is my advice. Um. Harry's is all right. The rest of West Lafayette is uh, not. I mean, that, I guess. This yeah. is, I, I, as again, as the biased observer here, that's my hot take. Okay. Um, thank you for your predictions, Matt. Um, I My prediction is um, a little bit more basketball related. Wait, like, in, okay. Go for it, Chief. Do you, do you have a question about that? No, well, I mean, this is a basketball podcast. Um, so Jordan Geronimo has has had a rough uh, couple of, of of weeks, I guess. Yeah. Um, three of his last five games have been scoreless, mm. uh, including well, he had four points in a start against Michigan in twenty one minutes. Um, he only played one minute against Rutgers. I guess he was he wasn't really fully healthy then. No, yeah, um, just really hasn't been the player 
we're used to seeing him being when he's he's really at his, his peak athleticism. Uh, so my prediction is that the Monstars are done with his talents, mm. and they are going to sneak back into um, East Lansing to restore his powers, and he will have a good 10 points against the Spartans. What have the Monstars been up to? Like, they, they assembled their team. Who they, have they been playing? I think they paid a visit to Philly um, a couple years ago, Ben Simmons maybe. Yeah, they did. They did do that. That's a we're making deep cuts um, here for the I think, NBA. Uh, they might have been visiting the IMU bowling lanes today. I don't know. Evan could probably speak to that better. What a ge- wow! That is generous to yeah. Evan's bowling abilities. Yeah. And um, and I've taken some exams recently where I had to. I had to throw that one to the Monstars. They, uh, <laughs> okay, they took I your powers? In, yeah, well, the, my professor was like, Bradley, what, what is this? And like, Monstars got me. The, the rumor that I heard of, as to why they are back to stealing powers um, is that the South Carolina women's basketball team needs someone they could practice against, and no one mm. else is really doing it. So fair. they hey, called in the Monstars. They run for their money until their final possession. That was trash. But yeah. Uh, well, so bad. That was such a bad possession. Number one, one, receiving one first place vote, Indiana Hoosiers. Let's yes. go. Yes. The guy had to actually uh, go defend himself on Twitter, and ESPN wrote an article about him defending himself. Really? Yeah, I saw that. They wrote an article about it? Like, uh, okay. They included his quotes from the article in, a, in a, an article titled, South Carolina still ranked one, Indiana receives one vote. Okay. Um, again, objectively, he is wrong. 27 other writers are correct in that South Carolina is the best team in the country. Would I have given Indiana a first place vote? No. Do I, like, see the train of thinking that would lead you there? Kind of. Again, it would have been different if South Carolina had lost uh, because they still would have been the number one team in the country because Ole Miss is a better loss than Michigan State. And (laughs) – thanks, Bradley. And they have probably a couple better wins. But, like, I can see it. I can see the train of thought. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, We talked at length about this. Yeah, this Um, this has been your preview of the payoff pod. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's, they're clearly the top two teams in the country in women's hoops. There's no question that they're one and two in some order. It's pretty obvious which order. Uh, mm-hmm. South Carolina's pretty definitively one, but yeah. I use pretty definitively two with uh, real murkiness behind them. Who's, yeah. Was Stanford back at number three this week? Stanford's at three. Okay. Yep. Well, Matt, thank you for being a special guest on this episode. Yeah, of thanks, thanks for It was really, it was really uh, good to meet you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let me know if the Venmo doesn't come through, but um, yeah, no. Was, I better be getting paid for this. Yeah, yeah, man, we're we're digging deep in we, the funds. We did look yeah. on the, a really shiny the Craigslist nickel. ads for forty-year-olds who like Indiana basketball a little hey, too much. Matt's old. That's a funny <laughs> joke. And Matt answered the, the the call. So thank you again for joining us. Yeah, great thanks, time. Pal. It was wonderful. This has been the Five Banner Banner Podcast, the 2022-23 Indiana Men's Basketball Podcast, uh, Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. Indiana Daily Student's great. I should shout them out. Uh, I have been your host, Evan Gerke, joined alongside Bradley O'Hulan and our special guest, Matt Seabree. Thanks again for tuning in.